0: Less text is definitely more. Okay, that's um, what I thought. I think, resume, I think she's trying to
1: say focus. Focus. Well,
0: very focused. Yeah. I, I you know, I've been I've been working for 40 years. My resume is a page long. No resume should Perfect. really be more than that's a page long. That's a great long. example. More white space is better. If I pick up a page of paper and it looks like a page from a book, that's the last thing I want to take time reading through. I've got to filter through too much stuff.
2: business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor,
3: Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips.
1: Hello, Metalworking Nation. My name is Jason Zanger, and this is Making Chips, where we equip and inspire manufacturing leaders. And I'm here in the studio with my good friend and co-host, Jim Carr
2: hey, hey Jim. man how you doing i'm doing great how are yeah. you i'm great great day end of summer things are looking good i'm end happy of summer is not a great thing i know i know i know it, it is not good but we got so much coming up in the, in the works uh it'll be here before we know it you yeah, know that it's about to get busy it's about to get busy we're gonna get things going right you got it so what do we got today on the uh, docket for our manufacturing news yeah you brought up an article
1: about tesla that i right. thought would be a good one to to talk about
2: yeah i thought so too they're they're really bringing it back to uh the us and they're really being pro us with regards to having their facility in nevada they're calling it a gigafactory well
1: they they the whole concept of the of the gigafactory they're I think, kind of being um, agnostic about where they're going to put it. But I think USA is, is at the top of the list. And it would be great if they did that, if they supported U.S. manufacturing. I mean, obviously, for the subcontractors and suppliers and everything, it would just be huge for the United States.
2: Right. Well, they're, they're thinking about putting in a 10 million square foot factory in Nevada that's going to get a lot of tax benefits from the state they've already negotiated with. A billion which, and a quarter, I think it said? I think you're absolutely right. It was a, a billion and a quarter is absolutely it. But they need 1,000 engineers, 1,000 experienced technicians, and 4,500 production associates with three years experience doing complex electromechanical assembly work. That's amazing. So I mean, if, obviously,
1: a lot of pe- people are pushing them to open up the factory in
2: China. Well, they're getting smart. They're getting smart about you know the U.S. economy and 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 location. You know, you can't send all these people over to china to work there you know and, and they're it's not have,
1: an iphone it's a car
2: exactly you got to keep it here mm-hmm. you know especially it just it makes all the sense in the world and you know their up upscale management definitely doesn't want to be traveling all the time i'm sure they like their air miles that they're getting all the time but you know let's face it at the end of the day that's costing their company a lot of money to send their sea level uh, leaders across the the pond. Well, I
1: still believe, and we've talked about this concept before. For like a global manufacturing company, like a Tesla, you know, you need to have factories within the geographies of where the product is being consumed. So, while you you might be able to put together a factory to to build like the primary asset of the company, like a battery or something like that, in the United States, you, if you're going to have Cars being purchased in Asia, you might want to have a factory in Asia. Cars being purchased in Europe have a factory in Europe, but you know the primary facility should be here in the United States,
2: right? Well, there's supposed to be some kind of mining facility that's really close to this Nevada parcel that's going to provide them with all of the lithium that they need for their. Autos. Oh, that's
1: that's interesting because I know like yeah. the, the
2: rare earth metals, right? Um, a most lot of, of it, it comes from China. Well, most of it comes yeah. from
1: China, I think, mostly because. China allows it to be mined whereas we actually have a lot of it here we just don't allow it to be mined so maybe that's changing it's something's obviously changing um, but I'm not an expert in any of that so it'd be no. it'd be interesting to get some feedback on so it.
2: they said that I, I just I saw the there was a little video attached to it it's on Newsweek and um they said that the next year they're going to they're going to release three series of cars, Teslas that are going to uh, retail for thirty five thousand dollars. That's great. That's really I see Tesla really cars all better. the time. Yeah. Well, they're more and more. They're becoming more and more prominent. I even
1: saw their Model X recently. Yeah. I,
2: are you ready for an electric car, Jason?
1: I actually um, went you through a it? process of cost justifying getting a Tesla, and just based on gas mileage, I drive a lot, going out and seeing clients, but. I just I think that there was too much of a stigma on, you know, that it looked uh, it, it gave a perception that I think I didn't want to carry.
2: Was that perception upscale? Well, it's not it, upscale, it, 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 I mean, presumptuous more 35, than anything. Those $5,000 cars aren't available yet, so right now they're priced at around 70 75, right?
1: I didn't feel comfortable
2: driving that expensive of a car. Let's right. let's just put it that way. I wouldn't either, to be honest yeah, with you. I drive a Jeep. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> I drive a Buick, so, you know, You know, my kids say it's an old man's car, and I don't care what they say. Well, you're an old man, though. I know, I know, but I don't care. I mean, I like my car a lot. I would buy another one. It's a sharp car. It is. It's got all the bells and whistles. It's got the adaptive cruise control, which I love that. I can Bluetooth. What what more do you need? Power windows, locks, and an air conditioner, right? Anyway, we're here to talk about manufacturing, not new cars, but it is kind of fun to talk about. Anyway. I don't see a Tesla in my future. Maybe who I, knows, I could I could see
1: it possibly in my future. I mean, it is yeah. American made. I always try to right. I, I, I should try try just try. Support, yep. I do stick to American made so cars. I. Yep. So I, I could see it happening in the future. But you know, I just I it wasn't r- the right time when I was looking at buying cars two years ago.
2: Okay, I, I got to tell an old story because you know I'm I'm always good about stories. Old story right? for an old guy. Yeah, for well, for my o- older father. Okay. So years ago, growing up in the industry. Uh, we'd be sitting in our desks in the office, and it's related to cars, American-made cars. And we'd see a car pull up in front of the building, and it was an outside salesman coming in to try and sell us. My dad would not allow that salesman to come into our office if he was driving a foreign car, but if he had an American-made car, he would allow him that privilege. That's good, isn't that funny? Hey, you have to you have to filter Seriously. in some way. Yeah. So it's one way to filter. I he, yeah, he did a good job of doing it and I, you know, that's what I grew up with. That's that that's what was in, been embedded into my head. So, it just I thought I'd share that with uh, you and uh, yeah, my family's best. always
1: purchased American-made yeah, cars too. I, there's
2: nothing wrong with it. It's just, you know, you're supporting something, you know? Yeah. Whatever that is for you, you're supporting it. So, moving on. Yeah, let's talk about making elevate. Uh, so excited about this one, man.
1: So, Make and Elevate is Making Chips Leadership Series that we are holding during IMTS at the Virgin Hotels in Chicago. And Cool place. Yeah, great place. It's going to be a great event. I'm really looking forward to it. And I came up with, I was just doing some brainstorming, and I just came up with six reasons to sign up now for Make and Elevate. Brainstorm. First reason, uh, it's going to elevate your leadership game. Totally. We're going to be just like we do on the podcast, equipping and inspiring. It's going to elevate your leadership game, hence the name Make and Elevate. Two. Uh, number two, um, you're going to meet other great manufacturing leaders. So you're going to get the opportunity to network during some structured networking, during some unstructured networking, and you're just going to meet a lot of really great people that you're going to develop a relationship with.
2: Agree. Three. Uh,
1: three. Uh, you'll be inspired to take action. So we are going to put together actionable material for you to take back to your company and take action right away. You're going to make your team happy by the actions that you take, that you learned from Make and Elevate. Agreed. Four. Uh, there's tremendous value. So, if you consider the cost of hiring a company to help you work through these things, there's tremendous value in the ticket price of make and elevate. Oh, so, because there's
2: going to be so many different aspects. Yeah. So, like just as coupled a, into the whole a, as days events.
1: Yeah. As an example, so um, the workshop cost is small compared to what it would cost. To hire Peace a marketing yeah. company to help you put together your corporate snapshot. To go to a lawyer to help with your succession planning. So, And there's so many other components to it, and it's a tremendous value. Five. We have a limited number of seats. Hence, I added the word now.
2: We're already a third sold out of the mastermind. Right, right exactly. Yeah. So
1: now would be the time to sign up, and then I have um, the, the last number one or number six, whatever you want to call it, is that we're guaranteeing it. So, Good. if um, if you feel that you didn't get the value out of it, email Ryan. No questions asked. We'll refund your money. Done. Cool. So it's it, it's it's just going to be a great gonna time. It's going to be a lot of fun. Starting Monday night, ending Wednesday night. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to yeah. start with dinner Monday night. Mastermind on Tuesday. Tuesday night, you're free. Wednesday is going to be the workshop, and then Wednesday night, we're going to have a party with about, I don't know, 125 to 150 manufacturing yeah, I would leaders. that, too. Yeah. So it's going to be a great time.
2: In the South Loop, just very close to IMTS. Yeah, that's right near McCormick and Place. it's just a short cab ride from where we'll be at the Virgin exactly. Hotel. Exactly. So everything's just a short five- or 10-minute cab ride all, all the way around. So yeah, it's going to be great. Make an com. It is, uh, like Jason said, it is starting on Monday, September 12th in the evening. Um, and then ending on Wednesday night, the fourteenth. Now, you, you, if you sign up for the mastermind, you get all of that included. But you can, can also just sign up for the workshop and the cocktail party. Just want to you know let the listeners know that there there's two options that they have. Right. So sell. sign
1: up for the mastermind, you get both, or just sign up for the workshop.
2: Right. And the workshop is going to be limited to about thirty people, whereas the mastermind series is only going to be about six or eight. Right. Yeah.
1: make dot com. Go now.
2: Yeah. Hey, you know what? I wanted to give Brian Papke a call because you know Mazak is going to be at IMTS, right? Oh, they're not just
1: at IMTS; they have a huge booth at IMTS.
2: Primo Real Estate. There, I was talking to somebody the other day at IMTS, and they said uh, something about Mazak. And I, you know, you've met Brian before. I've met Brian before. Mazak has sponsored the podcast in in some capacity back for in uh, the fall, and I thought I we've been to Kentucky. We have. It's yeah. a beautiful pl- facility. So I thought what we do is I just give Brian a really quick call on a cell phone and uh, see if he can tell us all the exciting stuff that uh, all the participants and the attendees. We'll can stop expect. talking about it. Just dial his number. Dial his number. All right. Here we go. Hello. Hey Brian, it's Jim Carr with Making Chips. Uh, I'm so glad I got a hold of you this morning. Um uh, Jason and I are here in the studio. Say hi Jason. How you doing Brian? Very good, very good. We're... Nice to talk to you. Oh, no, same same here as well. You know, we've always been big fans of Mazak and uh, I know we've met quite a few times in the past. I've got I run Mazak machines in my machine shop. Yeah, we so... we
1: made a visit to Kentucky not too long ago.
2: Yeah. And the facility is awesome. But anyway, um we were Jason and I were just recording a podcast Um, And talking about IMTS, it's, you know, it's it's only a few short weeks away and we're really, really excited. We're going to be there recording and I I said, let's give Brian a call because I want to hear what Mazak has in store for IMTS this year.
3: Well, I'm glad to talk about it because, uh, frankly, this is going to be the most exciting booth we've ever had at IMDS. I think the the technology level in our booth is going to be the highest uh, ever in the history of the company.
2: What is what is the booth number? Are you are you going to be in the same? real estate that you have be
3: in the, we're going to be in the same booth that we have been in the south hall booth number 8300 and when you walk through the door you're going to see a lot of orange
2: all right <laughs> and,
3: so a you're, big, you're, and a big and a big
2: sign. Digital manufacturing is a, a huge hot button topic right now. It seems like everyone's heading in that direction, and it it certainly is relevant for right now. But what are you seeing with regards to trends in machine tool technology? You know, um, years ago it was the live tooling, the integrex, the, the you know the heads are articulating. What what is new in machine tool technology that's really exciting? Well, we think the
3: multitasking capabilities that we've had in the past uh, have just um, grown over time. And if we look at a linear progression out into the future, we're going to see more and more new types of multitasking capability. We're combining the, the metal cutting capability together with the additive characteristics of the machine, and that's going to be a very exciting machine in the
1: booth. Yeah, that, that does sound amazing, Brian. Yeah. You know, it, it sounds like in order to pull this off, your, your team must have gotten to work the day after IMTS <laughs> ended last time. We, we always have a meeting.
3: Uh, Almost the day after IMTS, we review what we did, what worked, what we thought could be improved. And then shortly thereafter, we start thinking of engineering concepts that we want to put into place in the future. And so uh, in in a sense, that's really true, although it takes some time for us to, to get there. But one of the neat things
1: about IMTS is that it drives our design effort. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to um, seeing these new machines and and really touching and feeling the new technology
2: that's out there. Well, I you know what I'd like to do is I'd, uh, I I don't know if you know Brian, but Jason, and I'll be uh, recording live from the Grand Concourse um, a few days during IMTS. Would be awesome if you could show up at the IMTS. TV booth, and just give us a couple minutes on what you think the show is all about and and the kind of attendance that's happening and all the excitement that you're feeling um, when the show starts. You'll never get a bigger
3: fan of IMTS than I am, and I would be glad to do
2: that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Sounds great. Nice talking with you, uh, and we look forward to seeing the Mazak booth and uh, seeing you and shaking hands uh, in a couple weeks. Thank you. Thank you for your call. Thank you, Brian. Bye, Brian. Bye-bye.
1: I know. That was a great call with Brian. I mean, it, yeah. it definitely you know set us up for what to expect at IMTS time.
2: Super nice guy too. On top of everything.
1: So, do you have any business news to
2: share with us? Yeah, you know things are really doing doing well. I mean, things are doing well making chips. And things are doing well at Car Machine and Tool too. My my son is just—I I, swear—in the last few weeks, Jason, he's like really amping it up. I don't know why. You know, I'm I'm happy. I'm smiling, and he doesn't listen to Making Ships, so I guess I can talk about him because we're
1: because we're not really doing we're good YouTube as, videos yet. Yeah, so you're He right, only watches right. YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Which that's coming, but you know, yeah. we're not there yet.
2: So no, I'm I'm really proud of Ryan lately. Um I'm really seeing growth just in the last few weeks, and and leadership too. Uh, so uh, he's doing really well. You he's need programming that. Programming the machines, and um, I was a little hesitant. I was a little concerned about a month or six weeks ago, but um, I just wanted to share that with you and and the fans because uh, you know we're all in this together, and you know if if you're a family-owned business and your son's out there and just keep pushing, and uh, hopefully things will turn around for you too. So uh,
1: and uh, you know what that's a we we had that previous episode where we talked about nepotism be a good time to review that as you're you know thinking about as he's moving up the ladder so you don't you know kind of cross that line exactly you know cuz he's got to earn what he what what he gets not you know just comes to him because he's your kid you yeah. know
2: he's he's earning it man
1: that's yeah, good good for him yeah. you got to work hard you do you really well he's do. a homeowner now so he has got to work mortgage, hard he's got mortgage and car payment. Yeah. so yeah
2: he's loving all that OT so there you go Anyway, uh, enough about uh, nepotism and family and all that. We're going to get into the meat and potatoes of the episode today, and it is just so thrilling to have back uh, one of our VIP guests that we had. Boy, it's been about a year now.
0: It has. And yeah. that's so sweet of you to say.
2: Yeah. Well, it, it's always a pleasure to, to have Carla Dobick here. And she's with uh, Human Resource Techniques. She specializes in HR management and employment law for manufacturers. Uh, Carla provides on-site consultation, training, and HR department mentoring and development. Uh, Carla is an endorsed service provider by the Technology and Manufacturing Association that I'm chairman of. Jason's on that board. And I know she personally works closely with many small and large manufacturing companies in in a lot of capacity. Carla is a certified professional of the Society for Human Resource Management, and her company specializes in auditing employment law compliance, auditing HR departments, policy and handbook development, Developing HR procedures, HR department development, or outsourcing and employee supervisory training. You're a busy lady.
0: Yes, we sure are. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And we've that's got a lot of good
1: feedback from having Carla on a previous episode. And, you know, HR issues are important to a manufacturing leader. Man. They're, they're sticky situations that somebody like Carla can help us through.
2: Yeah. Yeah
0: thanks we do try our best
2: yeah well welcome to the show Carl again it's it's great to have you here so I just want to I want to open it up and 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 tell the listeners why Carla is back in the studio today and uh, a few weeks ago you know we we're looking for help at car machine and tool and I was really awed at the fact that machinists either they don't have a resume or they have these resumes that are just awful they're pieced together they're handwritten or on a typewriter no i i actually got one a few weeks ago that was handwritten you know and they they paste it into the body of the email they don't send it as an attachment they send a word doc which i think that's wrong too they should have it on a they should convert it to a pdf so it's a flat you can't Change it.
0: It's static. Sometimes, it's static. Yeah. Sometimes when you're emailing things, um, it's kind of like uh, Scotty, beam me up. Things don't necessarily always land where you the way you sent them. Right. So PDFs um, fix that.
2: So I, I just I, I pitched this idea to Jason. I'm like, man, we we got to we got to bring Carla back in because this is driving me nuts. We need we need to really amp it up. So again, we're trying to equip those machinists that are listening out there. And B, we wanna. Equip the manufacturing leaders that are reading these resumes. Yeah, so, so you can cut through that fat. Yeah, faster. so so
1: Jim Jim pitched this idea to me, and I thought it was a great idea. Our our normal listener is not like your machinist that's you know working in the factory on a day to day basis. It's usually the manufacturing leader. However, there is an opportunity for us to speak to. The machinists, to the programmers, to the people that are, are doing that type of work, but at the same time, we can look at it from both perspectives. So, how do you how do you get that resume clearly articulated, and then also how do you um, dissect it and 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 you know make sure that that person is the right person for you as a manufacturing yeah, leader? Yeah,
2: my role, it's all about dissecting it because I tell you, when I get a sloppy put together resume, I, I just want to like push it to the side and go on to the next one. And the one that's going to be easy to read is the one that I'm going to is going to get my interest. So, Carlo, let's start this conversation and elaborate. First and foremost, why don't machinists have resumes? A lot of them don't.
0: You know, that's an interesting question, and I think it's it's two or threefold. Um, back in the day, the um, the machinist wasn't seen as a profession. It was seen more uh, as a blue-collar job. Okay,
2: I, I, I agree with that.
0: And anymore, because of technology, because of programming, because of the, the so much more technical The level nature. of expertise. Yeah, the, the, the level of job. It is a career, and any career professional um, needs to come equipped with a resume.
1: Yeah, it's the highest-paying job, on average,
2: for somebody without a college degree.
0: Correct, correct.
2: I would agree with that.
0: How long do you guys think that an HR department looks at a resume?
2: 30 seconds.
0: Yeah. In human resources, it's about 17 seconds per resume. Wow. Interesting. So you really need to be able to make your point incredibly clear in a very short period of time. And you
2: don't want your point to be sloppiness.
0: You, you don't want your point to be sloppy. Well, if they're
2: sloppy on their resume, how are they going to be out in the shop? I know it's a different kind of dynamic. But,
0: but that's exactly but how a hiring manager thinks. it's a perception. Thinks. Yes, exactly. it is a perception, Jason. That's how a hiring manager thinks. You're absolutely right. Because so, they don't
1: know about necessarily tolerances and you know everything associated with the manufacturing plant floor if they're an HR director, but they do know what a resume should look like.
0: Right. Well, not only that, but they've been directed to look for keywords. So what types of machines um, have you worked on? What types of control panels are you comfortable programming or editing? Um, What types of materials have you worked with? And these are all things that, you know, you think, well, you're just going to fill out the application, but applications don't go into this kind of detail. So it's very, very important to put your best foot forward on that resume. And you know what? Whether you like it or not, you should customize that resume for whatever job you're applying. It should be if customized you really want to it. that job if you really want it. Exactly.
2: Give us an example of what you mean by customized. I, I've, got, I've got an example. Bit. Tell me if this is
1: correct, Carlos. Okay. So if I was applying to your company, I would go on your website and I would see, okay, Jim has... Um, Jim has a bunch of Mazaks. He just bought a new Haas, um, and I would maybe put on my resume the different controls, or maybe my familiarity with the brand names that that he's actually going to be using. Maybe I m- might even throw a logo on there or something to really to really get your attention.
0: That Absolutely, it, and certified. Let's say you hold certifications from the different companies. Like NIMS credentials, exactly, yep. and that should all be. Let's say you've got a Department of Labor, um, you've gone through an apprenticeship program, and you're certified by the Department of Labor. That should be go on there. That carries weight, no matter what company um, that that you're applying. But but beyond that, customizing. Um, there's usually a position summary at the top of a resume that's just part of the resume structure. And I'll see I'll see a line in there uh, maybe I'm I'm looking to hire someone in the quality department. And in that line I see someone who says they are a warehouse professional and they're looking to apply their warehouse skills in the position. I'm not going to read any further than that. I'm looking for quality. I'm not looking for warehouse. So make sure your resume matches what the job is. And one step further than that, if you take time to write a cover letter, and you should, then look at that application, and for every bullet on that or that job ad that that you've pulled up on Monster or Craigslist or wherever it is, look at all those bullet uh, points, those key responsibilities, and in that customized cover letter say, you need this, this is my experience here. You need this, let me tell you where I did there. The cover letter, you can go into more details about what you've done, but that resume really should be bulleted and really focus in on the key elements of the job that the employer is seeking.
2: So we know it's got to be structured right. It's got to be well put together visually. But you're saying less text is more, or just really profound language and articulation of what that person has done. Is that
0: less text is definitely more? Okay, that's um, what I thought. I think resume, I think she's trying to say focus. Focus fo- very focused. I yeah. mean, I, you know, I've been I've been working for forty years. My resume is a page long. No resume should really be more than a page long. That's a great example. And if you need to play with font size, if you need to play with margins, go ahead. But more white space is better than than a a page that is – if I pick up a page of paper and it looks like a page from a book – that's the last thing I want to take time reading through. I've got to filter through too much stuff. I, I hate
1: when I get like three lines on the second page. Yeah. I usually yeah. throw those ones I out know, too. Yeah. I know. I know.
0: And for those who are not comfortable writing from scratch, you can buy software to put together your resume, Word.
1: Well, they're all just email, just Google resume templates. Templates, sure. <laughs> okay.
2: There was another thing I wrote down too real quick, Carla. You had mentioned cover letter. What, what is the importance of having a cover letter preceding that uh, resume.
0: The cover letter clearly states that you have taken the time as you said to go on their website to take a look around to understand the company. That tells the uh, the hiring professional that you're interested again in them and not just in a job.
2: Oh, so it's a little bit more customized. It's you're more you're talking customized. to the person that's going to be opening up that resume.
0: Correct, exactly.
2: So let's let's Think about this, because you had mentioned what people do as far as community. So let's say we're crafting a resume for Jim Carr. Sure. Jim Carr is a high-level executive. He's looking for, an, I'm going to leave Car Machine and Tool, and I'm going to go work as an active president of a manufacturing company. Okay. So, of course, we would highlight all of my accolades and my experience running, running a business, a small business, and I would probably highlight my shop experience from the you know the shop sure, floor sure. that i I'm I know how to read prints I know how to program machines and I you know I understand tolerances and fit and function but where would I put in that I was the chairman of a manufacturing association that I served on the Elk Grove Village uh chamber board of directors what about all of those type of community relevant accolades that I've achieved over my career, where would sure. where would those go, Carla?
0: On your resume, there usually is or there can be added a spot at the bottom for outside activities, outside interests. Mm-hmm. For a machinist position, it's probably not an important thing to include. For someone going to work as a president, again, that community involvement right. does say quite a bit about that individual's interest in the position, interest in the industry, and interest in the future of the industry, <clears throat> being the president of an association, talks about your passion for not only your own, not only your own company, but the development of the of the industry overall.
1: Right. Yeah, but maybe that machinist, you know, was a part of the. Judge committee that judge like you know some of the high school yes. contests absolutely. or something like that, and, and that, that would should, be very relevant. Absolutely,
0: yeah. that would be relevant. Would that go Playing on, on the, the softball team? Would not be. I agree. But that would be a relevant thing to add.
2: So would that go on the cover letter, or would that go in the body of the resume?
0: It would go in the body of the resume, and then it probably would be highlighted. You know, as you know, you'll see that I served in this capacity. There were four hundred high schools or four hundred high school students involved. And, and get into a little bit more detail in that cover letter. Got it. So the, the cover letter Very really covers the detail. Okay, more the so cover than, letter, uh, got it. Correct. Now, can I talk a little bit about the difference between a resume and an application?
2: Of course, okay. absolutely. That's why you're here.
0: Applications are something that employers should have. Even if they get the resume, they want that applicant to fill out that application and sign that acknowledgement on the back of the application yep. or the second page, because that says that, that, says that the, the person filling out that application is attesting that everything that they've said on that application is truthful. A resume is not considered a legal document. An application is. Okay. So the employer should have that application on file to protect him or herself. Uh, when, that, when that machinist is completing that application, please don't write C resume
2: Oh, where really? it asks I, for
0: work history. Okay. Please take the time to fill that out. It's only a second that person making that hiring decision shouldn't have to go flip back and forth between two documents. Please take, you know, it's just a second to fill that out. Please don't say see work or see resume or, or, or see something else.
2: And that's just to tie it all together and make it legally binding. It
0: ties it all together, but it also s- sends a clear message to the employer that you're willing to go the extra mile and follow directions.
2: Okay. if the, so if, the if if I have a, a a machinist applying for a job at car machine mm-hmm. he's handed me his resume and I say here please fill out our company application company application and all of that information like his personal information is on the resume he would if he would just say see resume that's not binding you you would want him to fill it out
0: you would want him to fill it out and not only I'm not so concerned here Jim about it not being binding um, however if he lied on his resume about where he worked or how long and it's not on that application that information probably a lawyer might be able to use it against him um, but do you really want to have that legal fee and all that kind of stuff? Right. what I'm saying is you've said to this individual please complete our application that individual now has chosen not to complete your application. They're not
1: taking five minutes.
0: They're not taking five minutes to do what you requested. Mm. How does that translate out on the shop floor?
1: Yeah, I would just automatically it delete shortcuts that application. It me. To yeah. me he's taking Would you shortcut. really? Oh, absolutely. Really? Okay. Yeah. Because they can't follow directions. I right. mean, whenever I... Advertise for a position. I always have a filter system for people to go through, and directions that they need to follow, um, so that I can eliminate more people than I even evaluate. I mean, I don't even eva- I don't even look at their resume if they don't pass through that filter system.
0: You know, so. that's such a good point. And um, there's an online application uh, format that I use when when I screen for people, and it's an, you know answering maybe ten or twelve questions, and I look at those answers before I even look at their resume. Mm-hmm. Um, just to make sure that I, some of them are open-ended, some of them are checkbox, some of them are you know asking what wage they're looking for, but those are all flag questions. If they don't pass that test, their resume doesn't even get opened. And on there, I ask on that about their about their work history. And if they say on there, and people do, it's on my resume. I'm not going to ask for their resume. Really? I'm not open their resume? Interesting. Yep.
2: Very interesting. So, Carla, thank you. I mean, that, this has been great, great, great uh, feedback uh, with regards to uh, resumes and applications. I, I, I never realized it was that uh, important. And I'm definitely going to utilize those tips and tricks when I go forward and, and review one today. Great. Man, I feel like we've equipped, inspired m- me today. As a matter of fact, I learned some stuff that I had no idea. How about you?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely more on the equipped side, but you know, um, nobody gets too inspired by HR. It's more about covering your butt. I exactly. do. But, well, you do, well, Carla, Of course, of course, you, course you, do you know. Carla. Yeah, you wake every morning inspired by new rules and regulations coming out in HR, but <laughs> the rest of us well, are just it, trying to not get in trouble. Going. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's right.
2: It keeps us. <laughs> That's all why working. we need you. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, it's like I always say at the end of the show. You know, we don't know it all, right? We did we know any? That's of why this? we need Carlos. No, we didn't know any of this. That's why we bring in our friends and our peers to be here, so we can help you all out there or around this country to make better decisions as you run the day to day of your manufacturing company. And it's it's it just it, it's it's inspiring, and it gets me all. You know emotional sometimes when when I think what we're doing and we're really giving back to the community um, it certainly makes the job not a job and um, I, I feel as is- I feel really good about it. Yeah,
1: and if you wanna be more inspired and, and be and get more emotional, then go to make elevate com and sign up for our leadership series because it's gonna be fun, yeah. it's gonna be a lot of information, you're gonna meet a lot of great people, and it's just it's just gonna be a great time and, and Jim and I are really looking forward to it. It's gonna be it's gonna be a blast.
2: Yeah. They can go to making com where they can hear the latest episode from that site, or they can go to making chips events and it'll it'll hyperlink over to make
1: you're having trouble finding a hotel because they're all booked up, email jim at makingchips.com and you can sleep on his couch.
2: Yeah, sure. No problem. I just got to pass it by my wife. That's the only thing.